I read from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 13, verse 24 through 37. But in those days following that distress, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, people will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. And he will send his angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of the heavens. Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that it is near right at the door. Truly I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. But about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard, be alert. You do not know when that time will come. It's like a man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servants in charge, each with an assigned task, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back, whether in the evening or at midnight, or when the rooster crows or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. The word of the, the, word of the Lord. Christians, what we need is more than information. What we really need is transformation. And you've heard me talk about this before, what transforms us, great love, great suffering, deep prayer, and a new one that I've learned from Brian McLaren, living in a cross-cultural setting that transforms us. Those things transform us, make us look differently at the world, make us more aware of other people, more aware of God, more aware of our own selves. Great love, great suffering, deep prayer, and cross-cultural experiences. I wish that uh, the experience of great suffering didn't have to be in that list. But I know that it is often through seasons of great suffering that we are transformed, that we are nurtured and matured and grown, and our world is sometimes turned upside down. As we begin this season of Advent, the first, uh, the first Sunday of the liturgical calendar, we always begin with the text, in this case, that Jane read from, from Mark, the 13th chapter, which is called The Little Apocalypse. And it always begins with these words, after the suffering, the sun will refuse to shine and the moon will not give off any light. Sounds foreboding, doesn't it? Have you noticed that when 
we go through suffering, a season of suffering, a, an experience of suffering, things begin to look very dark. Sometimes we go through seasons of suffering where it's so dark that we don't even know where to face, where to go, where to look, what to do. And I want to just lift up as a word of hope that that landscape of suffering that we walk through, every one of us, is a normal part of this pilgrimage of trust that we walk as people of faith. This darkness, sometimes it is so dark that um, people ask us questions and we look at them blankly and say, can you say that again? Have you ever been there? Where you're there, but you're not there. Henry Nouwen once said, God gives us enough light to take the next step. That's it. God doesn't illumine the whole path. I wish God did. But God gives us enough light to take the next step. And then God gives us enough light to take the next step after that. And we trust. We step into the darkness and we trust. We step into the darkness and we trust. Sometimes that darkness looks and feels like depression. And I just want to acknowledge that so many of us, brothers and sisters in, in the Lord, go through seasons of depression. And I don't want to give any quick answers to how to process that or deal with that or normalize that. When we go through seasons of depression, we need some good counseling. We need some good therapy. Sometimes we need good medication. Always on top of that, it is good to pray. But good therapy and good meditation and good medication are important in that journey. Sometimes that depression may not be clinical depression. It may just seem like we are in what John of the Cross in the 16th century described as the dark night of the soul. And people of faith have described this for, well, for every generation, where they feel like praying, but they can't. Or they find themselves praying and feel like God is not there. Or they feel like their prayers are not being heard and that God is nowhere close. And that is a difficult and dark time to go through, and some refer to that as the dark night of the soul. Different than depression. There's books about this, I won't go into it now. But for the sake of a message of hope, as we light this first candle and remind ourselves of our call to be people of hope, I want to lift up something that Gerald May spoke about, wrote about. He was a therapist, he was a Christian, he was a spiritual director, and he knew the dark night of the soul, and he did a therapist's look at John of the Cross. 
and made that distinction between depression and dark night of the soul. He said, in the dark night of the soul, we don't sense God is anywhere. We feel like God has abandoned us. And people of faith, if you've ever experienced this, know you're not alone. This is part of the spiritual journey. And in the dark night of the soul, Gerald May says, there is a role that darkness plays. If everything were illumined in our lives, we wouldn't be doing any transforming work. When the darkness comes, we, we want to know what is God doing. And we inherently cannot know what God is doing. Because if we did, one of two things would happen. Either we would try and control, control God, which would shut down the flow, or if we knew what God was doing in the darkness, we would run like hell. Can we say that in church? We need darkness at times in our lives for God to do something. And our invitation is to trust that God is indeed doing something in the darkness. Sometimes our job is to just sit with the darkness and say, God, I don't feel you, I don't see you, I don't hear you, but here I am, and I'm going to keep coming to you, oh God. It's persistent prayer, even when we really don't feel like praying. And sometimes in the darkness, we need to rethink where we think God is and how we think God works. God is not always a mountaintop experience. Some of us have gone on retreats and we feel God's presence. Sometimes we come to worship and we feel God's presence. But it's in the day-to-day life where God is quite clearly at work in our lives, but for some reason, God has chosen to be quiet, subtle, humble, even hidden. This week I read something from Reverend Steve Garnis Holmes, a United Methodist pastor in the New England Conference. He writes this. God of the small, the subtle, the unimportant. God of the vague, the dark, the ambiguous. Open my heart to your coming. Open my eyes to the little signs, my ears to the soft murmurs. Slow me down to listen and hear. Keep me low to look and see. Awaken me to the losses that are blessings, the wounds that are openings, the weaknesses that are empty mangers. Wake me from the stupor of busyness, the days of desire, to witness your drawing near, to behold your presence, even in this ordinary moment, this feeble prayer, this beating 
heart. Friends, in this season of Advent, I encourage you to practice something. Some form of spiritual discipline, some way of intentionally coming to God every day. Even if you don't feel anything. Even if it's something you just set on your smartphone, an alarm at a certain time to go off, perhaps with a piece of music that is meaningful to you, that connects you to your prayer life. And let that alarm go off, and wherever you are, maybe you're at work, maybe you're with colleagues, maybe you're with friends, maybe you're alone, in your heart of hearts, you will take that time to just say, God, here I am. Maybe the prayer is, God, open me to what I need to see. Open me to what I need to hear. God, I want to be with you. Maybe our prayer is, God, I need your transforming love. Or maybe the prayer when we don't know what else to pray for this week is to be reminded of this light that calls us to hope. And maybe our prayer is simply that word, God, hope. Hope for me. Hope for someone I know who needs hope. And maybe you can picture that person in your mind's eye and just keep saying the word hope. And maybe their name, hope for someone. Or maybe our prayer is hope for the world. Hope for the world. The text says to be alert, to stay awake, to be open to God coming into our lives and our world again and again and again. Amen.